Hello, hello, welcome, oh. welcome, welcome back He's to coming out. Loud Friends. I've, I've, uh, we were talking before the show. I'm so full of just like podcast vim and vigor. I'm ready to fucking go tonight. Yeah. Ugh. I, um, I can tell. I you're you're bursting at the seams with. My name is Zach Bruin. Joining me is my lovely co-host Mike Egan. Uh, buddy, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, it's going pretty well. It's been uh, had some freezing rain today in New York City. Went out. That's not to get good. Some groceries. That's not. Hold on. Wait a second. It wasn't good. Got very wet. Uh, but came back, drank tea, covered self in blankets. Very good. Got it. The exposure to the elements, kind of feeling the uh, the recuperation right. portion. Exactly. I think I think I did enough to to bring myself back from the edge there. Now, Mike, I'm going to have to ask you a, a, a little exercise. If you can just kind of future project towards when this episode will come out. Do you know yeah. what week it is? Do I know what week it is? Yeah. Um, it will be, let's see, it should, I think it should come out the the ninth, unless my my scheduling math is off. That's right. And is there anything anything special, anything exciting happening? that week um let's see it's not valentine's day yet it's uh about a week before my girlfriend's birthday so no nothing nothing special is happening that week in particular yeah the Super Bowl, my dude. The Super Bowl. Oh, the big game, you mean. The big game on the... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that everyone makes the joke about the big game because yeah. there's some sort of like litigation thing where like yeah, yeah. if you say the Super Bowl, the NFL sees you. I don't know if that's true. I wouldn't put it past the NFL, but I think it might have been overblown. Maybe we'll find out. I guess we'll... Fi- yeah. <laughs> Join us next week when we get yeah. sued by the NFL. Yeah. Those those 12 people that we reach are are going to start talking and it's really going to spread. Now, I know football is not your purview, but I do have a couple of tidbits to, to go through because this is actually an exciting Super Bowl. Oh, okay. We, we, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a whole slew of things that we have to keep in mind. Like as the, the postseason has progressed... Firstly, the two competitors, it's the Los Angeles Rams against, against all odds, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. Who no one thought would be here. Yes. Um, which is incredible to have a Midwest team, that isn't the Packers, in a Super Bowl. It's, it's very exciting. I, I guess that's true. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I guess you don't really hear a lot about, about the Bengals, do you? You don't because they sucked for a very long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> They were a very, a very stagnant organization for, uh, for quite a bit. Um, it's, uh, it's Midwestern uh, uh, tradition. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. Again, Sands Green Bay. Yeah, is right. probably the only, it's probably the only one I can think of that's like a definite Midwest. And like so, the Tennessee. I don't want to get hung up on this. Anyways, right. Like against all odds, the Bengals who came in as like a pretty low seed into the uh, playoffs have beaten just team after team. And they actually beat the chief like Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs last week. No, oh. is it last week, two weeks ago, which is like one of the teams where everyone in their mind is already solidified. The chiefs as like, this is going to be a dynasty because they have the best quarterback that's ever walked the planet. Mm. Like no question. Yeah. Um, so that's very exciting. It'll be fun to root for the underdogs, uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. 
The other thing too, this is not necessarily Super Bowl related, but um, the Rams beat the Buccaneers to get to the Super Bowl. The team Tom Brady was on. Tom Brady announced his retirement. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did see that. So we are we are rid of uh, we are rid of that forty four year old man who would mm. not die. Um, At last, it's kind of fun. Like after so like after a day or two after uh, he said he was retiring. I thought about it, and I'm like, man, with him and Ben Roethlisberger gone, the world of people I love to root against got just a little bit smaller in the NFL. Yeah, like wow. those, you, you kind of. I'm not going to say I miss them and I want them back, but like, <laughs> it's nice to be able to just no matter what, be like, oh yeah, fuck that game. I'm so glad they lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can just do. You can just be that way about like whoever is is on the Packers in a particular year. Oh, there are new there, hmm, there are backups. There are new yeah, guys to yeah. to shit on and uh Well yeah, speaking of the Packers. <laughs> in fact. Do you was your family ever really like a Super Bowl watching foot? Like is that like Yeah, yeah. As like a this is this is, you know, one of the big things that is on. You know, like in the in the before times when everybody shared television events together. That was one of them, you know, and like the there there was always like my dad's work to had the office pool, like you put in a couple of bucks for the yeah, it was a whole thing. Oh yeah, our parents would always like buy uh, Super Bowl squares. So yeah, right, right. That those were yeah, yeah, and they would buy some for themselves, but also they would like buy a square for that would be Zach, Aiden, Max, like me and my, both of my right, brothers, yeah. um, which is always very fun. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the Super Bowl in my mind is like equivalent with the like your Macy's day parade or like thrown on peanuts around Christmas. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost its own holiday. Um, I can see that. Yeah. It is very large. Also all Cincinnati, uh, schools announced that they would be closed Monday after the super bowl. Oh, yeah. That's great. Which I, I think is a very good touch. Cause that like ever really good. Everyone's going to be blasted watching that thing. Yeah, of course. Like no question. Especially if it's like, it's been a while. <laughs> it is. So, Okay, I, I need to get this right. I'm going to look this up, but I have a vague notion of how long it was. Yeah, since the Bengals were last in the Super Bowl. So I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this instead. Even more impressive than the last time they were in a Super Bowl, which I believe was in like the early 80s, mm. the Bengals as a franchise has have never won a Super Bowl. Okay. So wow. this is this is monumental for them. Like... Of okay, of all the teams, like is that unusual? To, you know, it's a what's it's the like spread a third of winners? it's like a third of the teams. I think there's like 10, 11, 12 franchises that have not won Super Bowl so far, okay. which okay. like in some instances isn't saying too much because you do have like, I feel like there are maybe I want to say four ish expansion teams as of the last like 15, 20 years. Hmm. So it's not so crazy that some people haven't right okay some yeah. some teams haven't won it yeah um but i'm <laughs> um i don't know if it, were you introduced to the concept of gambling via the super bowl parties <laughs> that you, your parents would uh, or i don't know if you you attended super bowl parties or yeah no not not parties so much but i guess i guess via the squares yeah uh in addition to the squares I, so to set the scene my grandmother would always have a Super Bowl party every single year and like just dozens of people would come huge event like just very very fun stuff yeah um and there was just 
always in-house gambling going on. There was there <laughs> people were checking squares. There were um oh what where what was the name of them? These like I forget the name of them, but essentially you I think they might be called a strip card, which is not a good huh. name. I, yeah. I I think there's something else. Um but they would have 10 slots on them each coordinating on numbers between 0 and 9. Mm-hmm. And but there would be a little sticker covering all the numbers. So you just like threw in 5 10 bucks. You would write your name on one of the lines, and then when everyone all the lines were filled, then the sticker would get um, uh, ripped off, and the number that you had, it would have to be the whatever the first two digits of like the score was, like in the ones place or whatever. Right. Those combined would be your number. Okay. So like you would win the pool ostensibly if you if your number you know came right. up in the for the quarter. Okay. Um, I got introduced to those way too young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I. Uh, I, I learned a, a valuable lesson about getting your hopes up regarding money yeah, and uh-huh. sporting events. <laughs> I guess in a way it's good to learn that early. Sort of. Yeah. I, you know what, as opposed to being an adult and being like blowing 150 bucks on blackjack or something, or even yeah. more, yeah. you know, out in Vegas or whatever. Um, I'm excited. Um, I, I, every, you know, obviously my grandma's been passed away for quite a number of years now. Mm. But I still do go to my buddy Bryce's place, who is my resident like NFL sicko friend, uh, runs one of our fantasy leagues, and always go over there and basically by halftime just get blitzed. Yeah. Like I the I I don't remember too many Super Bowls of the last few years, and in part that is because not a lot of them have been that exciting. Mm. Um, the last one that was exciting was when the Eagles played the Patriots in like maybe 2017 or 2018. I can't remember, but I spent that year in California with Becca watching that game and the Eagles beat the Patriots, which in itself was exciting. Sure. Also, I won money on that game. Also exciting. Nice. <laughs> um, but it was just a slugfest. It was like a 40 to 30 something game. It was oh, yeah. so, so exciting. Yeah. I don't know if I have too much more to say about that. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for the game. I'm excited that it's teams that don't include Tom Brady or yeah. someone we've seen oh win God, it like yeah. a million times. Um, I, uh, I, I, I always like getting this blast of uh, football excitement from you because, like, football is kind of a nostalgic thing for me because it was always, like, my dad's a football fan, so it was always on. And, like, the, the Super Bowl was always a thing. But now I don't follow it, and I have no idea when the Super Bowl was. So you did genuinely <laughs> inform me of when the Super Bowl is, so I appreciate that. And uh, I'm ex- I didn't know who was in it either, so I'm, I'm excited for for Cincinnati, I guess. The other thing, too, that you can say regarding the Super Bowl is so the uh, Cincinnati is playing the Rams and mm. the Rams up until yes, last year had Jared Goff at the helm slinging the ball in a almost unprecedented trade. The Rams swapped quarterbacks with the Lions for a couple picks and huh. picked up veteran Matthew Stafford, who like has kind of been wasted in, in on the lions because yeah. they've never been all that great yeah um first year though with the rams and he's fucking slinging it he's oh, so he's such a good quarterback uh so That's no great. matter what happens we're gonna have even i mean i would say matthew stafford represents the midwest in a way because he had been on the yeah, lines for so long right. so he, no matter what we uh we come away with a win i suppose and to languish in detroit sure yeah that's a kind of that's that's earned him something i'm sure he did his time yes <laughs> he's allowed to win now exactly yeah also the last time 
I was vaguely aware of football. I swear to God, the Rams were in St. Louis. They were, yes. That, okay. that is a recent thing. The Rams okay. were in St. Louis up until um, four or five years ago. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, that, that poor city. <laughs> so they just don't have a team now? They do not have a football team okay. now. Okay, yeah. And that uh, the city is very, I mean, till this day, still upset about it, understandably. Oh, yeah. I think they sued the owner, actually. That one really? Point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, to lose your football team, that's, that's like, especially for a city like St. Louis. I mean, relatively, like, definitely a small, like, right. I don't know, man, of the, of the Midwest like okay so green bay is also incredibly small it's not like a city right right green bay is a suburb but yeah. like yeah yeah poor st louis at least they got the blues i guess they certainly do now <laughs> well thanks for zach's football update no problem i will uh i will recount and, and let you know how the how the game went how the how the halftime show went I can't, oh who is the halftime show the halftime show is just like a smorgasbord of like black artists and Eminem that are like acceptable to like middle America. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. More or yeah. less because like, uh, like a couple of years ago, like Jay Z signed on to be like their, like their entertainment expert or something like that. So like, honestly it's like, I think it's huh. Snoop Dogg, Mary J Blige, Eminem. And I can't remember the other ones. Uh, maybe Nick. No, Nicki Minaj already did the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Who's the rest? Who am I missing? Um, yeah. Snoop Dogg. Dre, I think. Uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, Dr. Oh, Dre. Yeah. I think that's everybody. That's everybody listed here. That's a big show. Um, Mike, I understand that you had maybe a, a bit of a near miss recently, and I'm very curious about uh, about yeah. what happened. Yeah, that's right. Um, so as as you and the listener may be aware, I uh, I've been out of work for some time. Um, I've been freelancing here and there, but haven't had a regular, you know, a, a full-time job in, uh, in a fair bit. And that's not for lack of looking. Um, and in that process of looking, uh, you sometimes come across some interesting, uh, some interesting listings. Um, yeah. How to, how to, how to begin. So I, I, what, as soon as I got home from, uh, from holiday vacation, I, I jumped back on LinkedIn, which is my preferred platform for looking just because it's really easy to apply to jobs on LinkedIn. Um, and there was one, uh, one listing that looked like fine, you know, like most of these are, I, I'm, I'm throwing it out there because I, I need something. It's not like, because I'm very excited about it. I just go yeah. and like click apply because something's got to come in. Um, this was one of those. It was a, a, a video editor listing, a, a full-time video editor listing for, um, uh, I looked it up. It was a it was a, a game dev studio in Boston. I think I don't remember the name of it now. Um, so I put that out there, and almost immediately, like maybe half an hour or an hour after that, I got a text from this company saying, you know, hey, is this the the Mike Egan who who applied to this job on LinkedIn? And it it looked kind of fishy like i had an inkling about it i was like why is this a text well, i don't know of any employers who like text as their first method of reaching out 
Um, mm. especially when like my email is right there or you can reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Um, but I went along with it. I was like, yeah, this is me. And also like looked like as a, as a young person, you know, when something is a bot. Oh, sure. Uh, this was that. And I was like, okay, this is most likely a bot, but I will just go ahead and reply as if I'm speaking to a human just in case. And I didn't hear anything back. I, like I responded in the affirmative. Um, but when I didn't hear anything back, my, like my first thought in the back of my head was, oh, okay, it's a bot. And because I didn't just say yes with no punctuation, it doesn't know what to do. Um, so hours go by. And then later that evening, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'll text back in case this is something. So I texted again, you know, are you still interested in, in, uh, in connecting on this? And then I, the, the, uh, the machine fired and I get the response that is supposed to be the response to, yes, this is Mike Egan, uh, which was, uh, it just like, you know, great, uh, such a, you know, whatever. Um, let's talk more. But I didn't immediately write it off as fraudulent because in my mind, I have, uh, like, like this is not certainly not the way that previous, uh, job hunts or like, uh, uh, jobs reaching out to me have gone about it but in my mind like i've been out of the loop for so long now that maybe they're using bots now i don't know exactly you never know the way that like some companies are going to just decide to arbitrarily automate certain processes and like right this is within the realm of of course uh, of possibility for yeah for that kind of thing um so so i i i press on with it um and they uh we, we moved to email they they i can print i can pull the email right now actually i should have had this ready to go who is my who's my fake talent scouter james richard <laughs> definitely uh john humanman yeah, yeah yeah um the realest name i've ever heard in my life yeah oh the company was uh zap dot it's called zap dot um which is a real game dev studio you can look it up and they have a website and everything. Okay. Um, but so yeah, they, uh, they ask for some information from me, which is just like, yeah, you know, send us your name, your phone number and your location. And I was like, I, I, I knew it felt weird. I knew it felt weird, but I've been unemployed for so long. I'm like, I have to go for anything. Right. Yep. So yeah. I, I'm just going forward. Um, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, if this is bullshit, name, phone number, and location isn't going to give you anything. I'll go ahead and, you know, go move to the next step of this process. Yeah, that, that's just how you get on a regular, like, on a cover letter. Right. And they had already texted me, so they had my phone number, which was another piece of the puzzle. But, again, I was desperate. So, the next piece of correspondence is, like, they want to, um, they say they want to do an interview. And this was, like, 9 or 10 p.m., they tell me this because again, it's just a bot firing off automated messages. Um, and it was for like nine 30 AM the next morning. And I was like, fine. Um, but I didn't respond right away. I responded the next morning after the time had already passed and just said, um, I was told, you know, maybe there might be a, a chance of an interview this morning. Is that something you're interested in? I get a form letter back saying, Please find attached the screening test slash interview questions for the screening slash interview process. Keep in mind that there are no quote unquote right answers. 
The screen okay. test slash interview questions are designed to gauge your skills and give us an idea of how you approach tasks relevant to the video editor parentheses remote role. You are required to email back your answers to me within the next 90 minutes. Please do not hesitate to get in touch if you have any questions. Best of luck with the test. James. So it is uh, this PDF of like 18 questions that like I'm, I'm giving in-depth and, and genuine responses to. Um, I, it it kind of smelled like bullshit this entire time. And so like, I was like, whatever. I w- like went and did some stuff first. I went and took a shower, um, didn't get to it right away. And then when I started it, I was like, this will actually take me some time. Uh, and so I, I was getting to the end of it and I'm like, I'm not going to make their, their 90 minute window. I don't really want this job anyway, so who cares? Uh, I'll just see what happens. So I, I finished out all the questions um, to the best of my ability. Um, again, real, like, I was happy with my answers to those questions. Send it back in. Um, didn't mention, you know, sorry about being late, because what does that matter at that point? And they responded to me right away, saying... Uh, we acknowledge receipt of your uh, answers. We will uh, we'll, we'll send that forward to the hiring board, and we'll get back to you later today and let you know okay. uh, if you've got the job. And um, talked a little bit about uh, what the job would be like. Um, do do do. This is going to be an online remote (parentheses) work from home job. And the working hours are flexible, which means you can choose to work from home uh, from any time of your choice. Furthermore, you will be undergoing training before you start working fully if you are hired at the end of this process. The pay is $75 per hour, which is extraordinary. That sounds like a, that sounds like a lot. That's <laughs> that an extraordinary like amount of money. Too good to be true amount. Uh, yes. And training is $30 per hour and will be getting payment weekly via check or direct deposit, depending on what you prefer. Stand by while I forward your interview answers to the hiring board. And this was the point at which it started to feel more real in my mind. And I shifted from, oh, I don't really want this. I want to like focus on some other things right now to, yeah, I could be ready for a job. Okay. And I started to shift my brain into that mode of like setting expectations differently and like here's how I would set up my life and like set up my my days do going about this job. Uh let's see. That was at that was at around 1 p.m. 6:30 p.m. Dear Mike, it was a pleasure to interview you for the position of video editor remote in our company. I am glad to inform you that due to your level of experience and your working skills, the company has decided to hire you as one of our video editor remote. On the behalf of our firm, I congratulate you on your achievement. You are now offered an opportunity to be a part of the Zapdot Incorporated team. Uh, and they go on and on about how they're going to like send me in advance to set up my home office and uh, you know respond with more information to HR to get me set up. At this point, are you like, are you biting? Like, are you you believe that this is like? At this point, I had bit, and yeah. I I I still feel kind of stupid saying that. Um, but it is, it is at this point, like, yeah, I'm getting excited now. Like I, uh, we're eating dinner. I turned I turned to Lauren. I was like, this could really be something like this this is an exciting opportunity. Um, and she's like, who, who, what is the name uh, of the company again? So I say it's, it's Zapdot. And so she Googles, okay, Zapdot. Let's see who they are. 
One of the top results on the page is a tweet from three hours prior to when I had gotten the acceptance email from the real Zap.Incorporated saying there are fraudulent job postings. Uh, It has come to our attention. We are not currently hiring. Motherfucker. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Totally deflated. Popped my bubble. Right. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I just felt so fucking stupid. But like I knew. I knew from the first moment they reached out. I knew in the back of my mind the whole time. But. In my mind, it it feels difficult to. Uh, no in person interview. Yes. Seems. Yeah. Yes. Shaky. Yeah. Right. That is. Yeah. And so, like, thank God Lauren Googled them because <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have seen that. Yeah. The situation could have been much, much worse. Right. right. Like, I, it's such a mm, God, it, like and in such a such a disparate economy too, to to take advantage of like people's uh, right time then, and desperation in that way. The other is, thing is how uh, shitty is that? Oh, man. So and and like. Once I, the other, the other side of this is like, once I realized that it was a scam, uh, came out the other end, I realized this happened to me already. This happened to me before. I may or may not have told this story on the podcast. I don't, I don't remember if we were doing the podcast at that point, but there was a company out in Florida who I hadn't applied for uh, the position they were talking about. They like cold reached out to me. And I kind of went through that whole, like, fake interview with a bot song and dance. Mm -hmm. But that I knew right away was bullshit. And I did not, I did not bite on that. Right, right. So this is, I guess this is happening, happening a lot now. And that really fucking sucks. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it. Right, yeah. Well, the the influx of people looking for new jobs now is people are leaving their old jobs and trying to find better opportunities, like, over the last year makes sense that it's a ripe place to try to fuck some people over yeah Um, right man that's a son of a bitch i'm so sorry it really fucking sucks and also it's i believe the only two uh full-time positions to which i have applied to get back to me have been scams (laughs) in the past two years bummer not a great not a great time out there (laughs) Well, the least that uh, that Zapcot dot could do is just find you a position. I would say, if any employees from the hey. company are listening, um, yeah, uh, reparations for the for the time <laughs> I had to go through for my lost. Uh, what what do they call it? What is the what is the terminology in a in a lawsuit? Lost time and broken spirit. I yeah. think is the legal term. <laughs> right. Certainly. Yeah. So that was my uh, that was my fun little. Uh, excursion into the world of uh fraudulent linkedin posts chip yeah i like i haven't encountered that i've encountered some like shady ish dealings where like i remember i was trying to apply to a because i was also like desperate just a couple months ago yeah and i was applying to a spot that was um it was contractor work and so it was, you know, you do a six or nine month stint mm, and right. they bring you on. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was trying like hell to, uh, 
to get in touch with these people. And it seemed a little too good to be true because they were like going to bring me on like immediately, basically. Mm. And I'm like, whatever, sure, I'll I'll take whatever. But they just didn't get back to me. Like I, oh. I, I did everything that they needed, that they wanted. And yeah. I emailed the right people. I tried to talk to them afterwards and be like, hey, is this still happening? Didn't hear a fucking thing. Wow. Uh, but yeah, which I mean, it's it's fine in retrospect because like, I'm okay with my current job. Oh, shit. Actually, um, <laughs> my company got acquired. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Not by a competitor, thankfully, huh. but by a private investing group. Right. Which, okay. So it's from what I'm being told, my team specifically operates lean enough that if anything we might be getting more people okay um potentially you know there's a lot that still has to be kind of worked out in the the dealings of of this but sure um it's i mean i think it's the only time that like the main company has changed hands in its entire like 140 year existence so this is kind of a big deal um okay so I was immediately nervous when I heard this. Like there was, I and I had an inkling because yeah. like there was about a week ago there was like an invite for it's like hey there's an all hands like here's a Zoom meeting it's happening on the second I'm like okay we've never done this before but I've only been at this company since like late July so mm-hmm. who knows maybe they just do one of these like every now and again right but like I had a feeling I had a feeling because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. never been any anything like this before and then in the morning meeting the day of um, my boss's boss like kind of spills the news in the you know the morning meeting mm-hmm. and i'm immediately nervous because the right. last time that an acquisition happened even when we were on the good side of it that's how i got laid off right right uh so i'm asking questions of my immediate like the person i immediately report to and the the sense is hopefully thankfully at the moment no one's job is going to change mm-hmm. that could easily change in the future there's right. no guarantees obviously right. when you get acquired by new bosses um yeah but the bright side of this could be that the previous the previous owners which i think is actually i don't know if they were the family that actually started or not but they were very stingy with allocating resources to actually give this company the technology jump started needed to propel itself into the 21st century mm. i am working on things that uh they're just they're so rudimentary and it just it stinks of like not paying engineers enough so that you don't get competent workers right um and that's the kind of stuff that i'm fixing right now which in a weird way i find incredibly satisfying it's like it's really nice to like look at a program and be like I can fix this in like 17 different ways and make this oh, yeah. much better. Right. Sure. Um, now am I, am I gaining relevant experience from doing that? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's right. maybe not, right. um, but they're paying me and it's, it's pretty flexible and it's underpaying based on a lot of other metrics that I have, but like it's okay. Yeah. So if, if these new owners are kind of the shot in the arm that this place needs to, you know, invest in a new tech stack. Right could be good to you know be a part of that process get to learn it from the from the ground up because so many other times too when you go to these companies you're always working on things that people have built like so many x years ago that you don't know how like the bones of the thing operates right and so you're just kind of like modifying like like layers of layers of layers of code cruft 
on top of everything to anyways. Yeah. So no, that's how it always was when, um, when I worked at Hopper, whenever we talked to the engineering team, it was eventually something would come up that would be like, Oh yeah. Uh, Joe built that. We should call him and find out how that, how he built that and how it works and how we can change it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Joe, who probably isn't even working at Hopper anymore. Right. right. Yeah. He's had three jobs since. It's the same shit here, dude. Like, sure. Okay. It's just like people haven't documented anything. Yep. Oh yeah. Always terrible the, about the intention. And like, we're, we're changing that now. Like my initial, my current boss is like very good about like, Hey, make this into a task, like write stuff down. Yeah. Um, well, write stuff, you know, put it into a, on right. a board somewhere. Yeah. So like we're starting to slowly steer the tanker around and I don't know, hopefully it's interesting. It's like, it's like the exact, like weirdly them being an older company. And again, this could change with the acquisition, them being an older company, there's kind of a, an older school mentality to how it operates in that it feels like they're not smart enough to use like the exploitive, like new age manager tactics to like, right make you work harder than you're supposed to like you know what i'm talking about just like the oh like we're a family like be passionate yeah. and like be proud of your work and all stuff so no just like clock right. in get your shit done and you're good like they're a little too in old a way, to, to pivot to the new like and it's kind it kind of rules <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah you know even though i'm making quite a bit less than where i was at my last place it, i mean i'm very appreciated so <laughs> Yeah. So there's there's that at least. If there's um, some some bullshit that you don't have to put up with, that's worth something. Yeah. So so far so good. That could all change in you know a couple months based on however they want to structure this. But you know. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed that it hopefully only gets better. I guess we'll see. I yeah. Guess we'll see. Yeah. My fingers are crossed for you. I appreciate it. my fingers crossed for you as well to for for finding something out there that isn't. Thank you. Uh, a scam oh it's been so long speaking of scams though uh i understand you uh learned a little bit more about uh our our web three friends recently um <laughs> i i did um are you familiar with uh mr folding ideas himself dan olson no i don't know who that oh, okay is. perfect so this is your classic like kind of a film dork but also does like video essay work on critiquing other things thinking through like let me put it this way so he 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 does a, a, a videos of like a variety of things he's a youtuber and he did a really good like flat earther video not too long ago okay um in which he really just dug into like i think the way that he like talks about ideas is very thorough and interesting and doesn't play too much into i think when you're making a youtube video alone it is very easy to and you're talking about like very hot topics and dicey stuff right it's very easy to get into the emotionally short-sighted views of some of this stuff mm -hmm. he does not do that um not that very often he's not without empathy he just knows what the stronger arguments are in a lot of these cases. And I think mm. he's very good. He released a massive video just talking from the ground up about right. NFTs. It is a, a two hour, 18 minute video called line goes up. Okay. And yes. I have seen this going around. That is in my watch later playlist currently. 
I implore you. It's like, it was one of these things. Let me see. So it was released on the 21st. It's already got 4.2 million views. And I think all those views mm. are earned. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So I don't, I don't have to get into like summarizing his video too much. I, I would, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like this is the thing I want to show my family if any of them ask about NFTs, but I also know that know that asking them to sit down for a two hour video is like too much. Right. But for me, it is like the definitive. If you need to educate yourself on every aspect of this, I watched it twice, like within the first yeah. few days of it, just because it had it was so dense with uh, information about this stuff. But like the long and the short of it is like it, it's absolutely like a um, NFTs f- help to legitimize crypto, right? And crypto, as we know, is like more or less a, a scam. Yeah. Uh, it relies on not being the biggest idiot to sell this stuff to. Right. It's all about finding someone else to hold the bag while you walk away with the cash. Exactly. And the only way that the price of crypto goes up is if more people buy into it. Right. Like there's no, it doesn't, I don't think it gets like inflated. Like, Mm -hmm. like there is inflation deflation in like certain terms, but like a dollar in's a dollar out. Right. Sort of thing. Right. Right. So like, so while crypto started to dip in the last few years because there was no like you couldn't sell it to anybody, NFTs essentially exist to legitimize the fucking fake scam money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's a long and short of it, but there are a lot of details about like how exactly the technology works and it goes even further into talking about like, okay, so what do the creators and the like purveyors of this stuff, the evangelists of it want the future to look like mm-hmm. and he makes it very clear that that future would suck and be hellish yeah um yeah uh yeah. just in terms of compartmentalizing information into blockchain related and web3 related technologies um it wouldn't be good but don't take my word for it <laughs> go watch the video the channel's called folding ideas you will apps like i think if you put nft into YouTube, it is within the first like cluster of results. Right. Um, Probably. It's, it's just, it's captivating. The information in it is very distilled and yeah, these things suck. Don't, yeah, (laughs) please don't, please don't buy them. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm going to start watching, start watching that tonight now. Um, cause I'm also just really fascinated with people being very good at, at, telling stories and explaining things because I do work adjacent to that. And so I want to see the people doing that well. So that also (laughs) excites me. Um, But also I'd never heard, uh, I never thought of, of NFTs in those terms as the way being used as the way to legitimize crypto, which is very, it's very funny and very sad because the way (laughs) from a couple of different angles, because the way that, that the, uh, uh, the crypto sphere thought up to to legitimize themselves and what turned out to be the one that a lot of uh marks bought into is oh wait you can use it to buy jpegs right and like and that's it's so funny because too because that's because they can be like anything like yeah. An NFT doesn't have to be a jpeg right but right. that's the thing that everyone clung to that is the predominant like like mode that you see on on twitter and like it's twitter just implemented you can you can 
connect to your crypto wallet and set your NFT as your avatar. He gets into how the response from like a lot of other folks to like to troll like NFT owners is literally just to right click save and set right. their own NFT avatar as the same <laughs> avatar. Right, right. Um, which is not like, I mean, if you're looking to effectively change someone's mind, Twitter is not the place to do it. Certainly. Um, <laughs> it is funny, but it's not, you know, it's not. Right. It's not saving anyone's wallets from investing in NFTs. Um, right. Right. So, so I don't have too much more to say on that. Like the, you can like, just, yeah, I, I recommend the video highly. Uh, take notes if you want. But the, the thing that, that's good too is that it is broken up into a good chunk of like different chapters. So there are a lot mm. of just like, okay, pause here to pick it up some other time. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. It's, it's learning about it. It's weirdly reassuring to like, have an inkling and have an idea of like, well, I'm pretty sure this is just a scam that only profits the the wealthiest people. Right. And then you look at the video and you look at all of the reasons that it does. And you're like, oh, okay, I was right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it's completely fucked up. Also extremely telling that every, every other day, if not every day there, there is another story in my feed of like, uh, uh, person who started nft collection you know deletes their like entire web presence and walks away with 50 million dollars that they took from people and now they have nothing Uh uh-huh which i mean you'd think that would say it all for for people but i guess it'll take a little a little while longer to to sink in i guess it depends how uh how the tech industry packages it yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta see how major players start aligning themselves with or against or just adjacent to this shit. Yeah, um, Facebook uh, Facebook dropped their um, their cryptocurrency project just recently. Drop dropped meaning gave it up, stopped doing it. Oh, oh, good. Okay, yeah. that's I realized that dropped has come to mean something else. Yeah, like they didn't mint it. They didn't. No, yeah, launch no, they, it. Yeah, okay. They they were forced to cancel it. Yeah, that's good um everyone most importantly congress fucking hates them (laughs) so they realized maybe a a few too many eyes right now i think that's yeah that's good except uh for that to actually be like good good congress have to be able to actually do anything about do anything right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right yeah not big on on doing that presently yeah um do you want to take a little break sure sounds good two three minute all right refresh we'll be back oh i'll get to dust off the fucking little i haven't used the break tune in so long oh yeah that's right yeah i don't remember what it is it's just like a chord i think oh here it comes now (gasps) we're back whether you like it or not you didn't think we'd just leave you fuck you you? that would be (laughs) unbelievable what is this about these people where is this coming from we provide hours of free entertainment. Entertainment in quotes. <laughs> I mean, I'm entertained. How's your piss? Uh, what? As it should be. So Zach, I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the new Pokemon? Yeah, I can talk about new Pokemon. Absolutely. Um, I would love. I would love to be sold on this, even though I, you know, in my in my mind, in my heart. I think I've already made my my position on this fairly clear. Yeah. 
I, I feel like I do the same thing with Pokemon games where I play a chunk of it and I go, well, all right. Yeah. That that is Pokemon. And then I'm done. And I, I feel like I have not grown. I do not feel like I've spent my time appropriately. It's a, yeah. it's a it's a quick little zebra stripes gum here and gone. <laughs> right. Flavor blast of a sure. of that world. And so spending sixty dollars on a new Pokemon game, even one that is advertising to be so new and a different kind of shakeup to the formula. Yeah has me skeptical um but right. it does seem like everyone is playing it like i see like i'll be going to bed like around 11 and i'll have my switch open right before i'm going to bed and it's like oh there's like 10 people on my friends list right now all playing pokemon arceus huh right yeah so what's the deal how's uh how are the pokejohns yeah well uh the pokejohns are good they're they're well thank you for asking i'll, I'll tell them you asked um i i'll tell you right up front i'm not gonna sell you on this game Okay. I don't think it's I don't I don't think it is is different enough or transcendent enough or transcendent bar none. Um I think if you like Pokemon, you will probably like it quite a bit. Um but I mean, I, I understand Pokemon's been ar- around for for a very long time, coming up on like 25, 30 years now. I want to say 1996. I think 25 feels more correct because I, I feel like I was around was six or okay, okay. Yeah, so 96 would would track. Uh, it's been around a while and and largely stayed the same in that time. Um, I, which I haven't minded. I I just really like those games. They they feel really good. They're like really cozy and and comforting to go back to. I don't expect a lot. Uh, out of a Pokemon game, excuse me. Um, but uh, to all outward appearances, this this game looked to be different um, in the way that it was being marketed and the way that it looked, um, and now in, in the way that people are talking about it. And it is, it is quite a bit different. Um, the ways in which it is different, um, mainly, um, actually, <laughs> I just wrote up a, a quick little blog about this over at dreamavenue.cool, if you're so inclined to, to read words. Um, but mainly, it's taken the so the, the basic formula of Pokemon is you are a, a little dude. You walk into some tall grass. Tall grass is the the random encounter zone, right? Where where wild Pokemon will jump out at you, and you will fight them, and either let's just say it kill them, or uh, you, you're not killing them. You don't kill Pokemon. That's a whole. Thing. <laughs> you fucking maim these little <laughs> bastards. You see the blood on the floor, uh, or you catch them. Um, and, and that's that, and that's the formula. You battle other trainers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this game sort of finally brings all of that into, like, the, the 21st century of, of video games, where, like, some of those are, like, tried-and-true JRPG notions, but, but they can also be seen as antiquated. It's been around for a long time. In this game, right. you, you see... It's like a- because I feel like that, I don't know if Final Fantasy is the first one to do it, but I feel like that's what my mm. mind goes to. Where right. Like, yeah. The first Final Fantasy, you're just walking around in the world and random encounters happen. Dragon Quest, uh, yeah. uh, thing, things of that in that vein. Right. Um, in this game, you can see the Pokemon walking around in the world. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, the previous mainline games, played with this a little bit. Um, they had what was right. called it the Wild like was- Area. 
yeah, it feels like it was kind of a half step towards this where like right. you could see Pokemon out in like a not like not an actual open world, but just a large mm-hmm. area. So you could see some Pokemon spawn and go and like interact with them. But also you could still walk in that tall grass and just get random encounters if right. you so chose. Right. I I'm I'm it was so long ago now that I I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure there were still like unseen random encounters like Pokemon yes. would, would surprise you. Um, yeah, that is, that is not here in this game. Um, you can see every Pokemon that exists in the world. The other thing is that like walking into them doesn't take you to another screen and start a battle encounter. Um, when you encounter them, the whole, okay, so the whole package of this game is that Pokemon are being treated as wild animals the, the the setup, the context, is that we are way back in time in the history of the world of Pokemon. People are not living with Pokemon yet. They're not comfortable with Pokemon. They're still, like, a, like, scary other force out there. There are all these creatures that can, I don't know, shoot fire. That should be fucking scary. <laughs> um, Summon the elements to do unworldly damage. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know why we get so comfortable with that, but that's for those people to decide. Um, in this game, they're, they're still like scary and unfamiliar, and so you are, are playing the part of um, a member of a survey team who is going out and learning about Pokemon, and the, the central conceit is that you are... Uh, compiling the very first Pokedex in history. So you're you're learning about about Pokemon to to show to people this is what they are. They don't have to be scary. We can we can live with them. We can work with them. It's a convincing setup, I have to say. Like that's that's a uh, yeah. I it, that's neat to me as, as someone who neat. like who has undeniable nostalgia for when I was a child and enjoyed Pokemon. And even, right. I mean, even into high school and early college still, uh, like there's, that sounds neat. And I think that's, what's hooking a lot of older people is like when you played Pokemon on your game boy as a kid, this is sort of the quote unquote real world idea that maybe you imagined yourself in where you walk out into a field and there's just some fucking Pikachu walking around and you can catch them if you want, or just like, avoid them and leave them be and there's a little bit of that in detective pikachu um there's like an opening scene where there's a, a raichu or it was a cubone it was cubone there's a cubone out in, the, out in the field and the main character goes out and tries to catch him hits it with the ball and the ball like doesn't activate and then they're scared because you've made this creature angry and like those are the consequences that have sort of been missing from the jrpg convention pokemon games where you you haven't had to reckon with these creatures as beings in the world so that's kind of what's so interesting about this and gameplay like mechanical wise the way that's different is you still have your your six pokemon team um but it is very much i want to stress that in previous pokemon games you could say that battling was at the forefront of those games yeah you fight wild pokemon that was the main potatoes that was the main verb like you couldn't catch a wild pokemon without fighting them in this game you can do that you can uh walk up like behind a sleeping pokemon throw a pokeball 
catch them, they're your friend now. You can uh, hold like berries, you can throw them out, and like while the Pokemon is going forward and eating the berry, you throw a Pokeball and you catch them. Um, if you uh, fail to do so, the Pokemon will like notice and say, hey, somebody fucking threw something at me and I didn't like it. And either they will like, largely if it's a, if it's a, a little guy, he'll kind of get scared run away. If it's a bigger guy, he'll be like, yo, what the fuck? I'm fighting you now. And the thing is that also doesn't just automatically start a battle encounter. The Pokemon starts attacking you, the person, ah. which is wild. And you have to initiate, like, choose which partner Pokemon you want to throw out and actually throw out the ball to start the battle. And then you have the, the sort of familiar battle that um, that we know and love. It's interesting. It sounds like it's almost making that, like, the the usual in-between of, like, touch Pokemon encounter starts. It's making it more tactile, and it's giving you more decisions about right. how you want to navigate that scenario. Absolutely. Yeah, and it it really feels to me like shifting weight from one foot to another. In like the Pokédex was always there in all the other games, and that was the main story conceit that you were given at the very beginning like go out and complete this Pokédex. I never fucking did that. I never completed the Pokédex in my life. I I'm sure a lot of people did that, like had a lot of fun doing that. I just never put that much time into it. Mm -hmm. In this game it feels like the weight is shifted from you know, battle and train become the very best like no one ever was, shifting instead to, we need to learn about Pokemon. So you need to, like, the main things you're doing is catching them and learning about them. And since catching is no longer, like, tethered to the battle system, battling feels much more um, optional and a, a bit more diminished than it did in past games, which is really interesting because of how this series has held fast to its to its sort of main tenets for for 25 years now and i can almost see that working out really well because i think that the for me at least there comes a point in which you kind of get because again battling is like the main verb you can get burnt out on that man like it definitely like how engaging is it 20 25 30 hours into the thing to still just be issuing commands and just being ah yes the water type is weak right the electric type i'll throw totally. the electric type out it's got electric type move i'll do that <laughs> cool move on to the next thing like it, and it shakes it up by saying okay there are there are different types of pokemon there are things that are have different stacks of combinations of weaknesses move sets strengths etc etc but in almost de-emphasizing the battling it sounds like it would hopefully make when battles do happen more weighty more consequential and overall more interesting because you're not doing it 90 percent of the time in the video game right you you have a feeling about it when it happens as opposed to it just being like it's 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 that it's it's grinding <laughs> it's the grind in in those previous games and grind is a very like well understood uh, uh, verb in in the common video game era and I think generally people don't want to do that in their video games or if they do they want to choose it right right yes like right yeah, like you seek out a particular type of game because you know it's going to have that right yeah um so yeah it, it though that systems shift is has been really fascinating and has really really made for 
just kind of a nice chill time with a Pokemon game because it doesn't feel like it's constantly pushing you forward into the next thing. It is very open in that it lets you sort of roam around and like if I want to spend an hour and a half just catching Pikachus or just like catching Geodude, I don't know why you'd want to do that. Geodude is not very good. But you oh, can I do like that. Geodude. I like Geodude. He's fun to look at. He's a little floating rock guy with arms. Back when um, Pokemon Go was still a thing, I yeah. remember I got a Geodude and I evolved it. Either I evolved it into a Graveler or I caught a Graveler and my I, I named the Graveler Hard Jeffrey. And <laughs> yeah, and that's that's basically because I was just so proud of that name and he was my buddy. That's it. That's really good. Shout outs to Hard Jeffrey. Big ups to Hard Jeffrey. <laughs> um I I think every Every time in the past few years I've caught a, a Geodude or someone in the Geodude adjacent family, I've named it Dwayne. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't lead anywhere. Uh, but, um, so, one other thing I can talk about is that the other thing that's interesting about the emphasis on, on catching and filling out the Pokedex is that, whereas in previous games, the first time you caught a Pokemon its Pokedex entry would be filled out completely. You would have all, all of its information right away. Here, playing into um, the idea that we really have no idea what these fucking things are, it turns that mechanically into, like, you have a quota of, you know, catch a couple of these things, like, see them use a different move a couple of times, um, defeat this many of this kind of Pokemon, like... They're both male and female types, like catch both and we can study their different markings. So like it takes a couple of different catches and or battle encounters. It, it like it really it gives you that freedom. I guess you could complete a Pokedex entry purely by just going out there and, and fucking setting the, the planes ablaze sort of scorched earth uh, Pokemon uh, uh, run. Um, but that is... I. It's very cool because I've never caught this many Pokemon before. Um, and so it feels cool to tie that uh, idea that we need a lot of data on these things mechanically to go out and, and catch a lot of these little shits. So I I like that shift. However, my question is, how does the game incentivize that? Like, is it like what happens when you get the additional information on the Pokemon? Is there some like exterior? Right. Like, so how does it facilitate that loop? Yeah. So that's actually really good too, because um, with, with the, the de emphasis of battling and we're back in time, there's no, like there are no gyms um, and going and battling at gyms and getting badges was previously how you not just, leveled up all of your Pokemon, but also badges allowed you to uh, uh, control, I guess, Pokemon up to a certain level. So, like, with this badge, you, you Pokemon up to level 20 will listen to your orders, and if a Pokemon leveled up a little too much, it would stop listening to you in battle. Right, which, in my experience, I don't know if... Maybe I just haven't played enough Pokemon. I felt like those gates, I never even ever fucking touched them. Like, right. they, I understand how they work as progression limits, but like, mm -hmm. I never remember any instances of being like, oh shoot, like very, very rarely was, was a Pokemon just like not listening to what I was telling it in battle. Right, know? right. No, I mean, it is like, and those older games are, and 
all of them have been throughout its history like it's baby's first rpg so the totally the, it gives you a wide berth you're not you're not gonna hit up against those limits unless you're really like really fucking up or grinding way too much this is kind of the star wars thing a little bit too right where it's like yeah so it's great that you're talking in depth about this stuff and that you've got criticisms of it these are movies for children and families that yeah. is where the money is <laughs> right. so like just remember kind of the the medium that you're swimming in or like the the, the franchise you're swimming in when you're talking about this stuff because like right, ultimately right. a lot of these qualms i think can be reduced to yeah but also kids have to play this <laughs> right yes um but so that's instead of instead of going through the the gym experience um bringing back um pokemon and completed pokedex entries to like the the game's professor stand in for professor oak um is what levels you up and you earn uh, the game's stand-in for badges, which not only lets you um, control Pokemon up to higher and higher levels, but it also gates other things like you gain new crafting recipes. There's a crafting system um, and more kinds of uh, Pokeballs to use um, and other like cosmetic things like What's propelling me forward is there will be more clothes in the clothing store to there put you on go. my now character. You're, now you're speaking my language, <laughs> but also the part of the incentivization i think the reason that i will sit in a field and keep on catching pokemon is just that it's fucking fun <laughs> it feels really good that's really curious to me because i don't trust nintendo to handle like feeling competent in a 3d space under those constraints mm. like very good and right. then, like the, i think the other thing too is that i'm biased from a lot of the trailer and gameplay footage that i've seen because it looks so stodgy insofar mm. as the, like physically what is happening in any given moment of that gameplay and maybe i just haven't seen enough of what's going on there sure. maybe there are more interesting decisions that i'm not privy to in the game itself because i haven't played the thing but like it, it, it you know when you see a game and you're just like ah it kind of feels like a trap kind of feels like a, a yeah a 40 dot like a <laughs> like they raise the price tag 25 bucks like that's that's right. kind of how i've been looking at arceus for a while and also so okay so how is the crafting anything because like oh my god do i not want to interact with like nintendo's idea of like a pokemon fucking crafting system like i can't think of a worse fate it's it's fine honestly um it uh is frankly i will say leagues better than anything in animal crossing um it is it is very it's very simple to to interact with like i you don't spend a lot of time in there i'm i'm popping in i'm using the materials that you know you just happen to pick up out in the field to make like 20 more pokeballs and then i'm, I'm going back out there or like make a couple of potions like it it's very simple and there's not a so far like huge amount of things to like you don't get uh, uh you don't get tied up in indecision it's not it doesn't overload you it's like you're there to make pokeballs and help your guys not die that's the thing i just don't want excess shit that i'm not because i feel like as long as yeah. i play pokemon 2 i've just always been like weighed down by like okay cool i have these i don't know this speed up and i've got right. these t i never use tms much like even mm. in the mainline games like I just have all this shit that they've given me just and i know why they're doing it just like you you pad out if there's a hard edge case that you happen to run up against use a tm use some of these items all yeah. good i understand it 
I just, I never, I guess it's not like right, the right. biggest like complaint in the world, but I don't want to have to like learn or interact with like sheets of items that I don't care about that ultimately don't make right. the game feel any different or better. Right. And you don't have to like, I, I am out there with some pokeballs, some, some great balls at this point. Um, some potions to keep my guys alive, some revives to revive them when they inevitably die, and a couple of berries to attract wild Pokemon, and that's pretty much it. The rest is crafting materials that, like, when I'm full up and I've caught a couple dozen Pokemon, I head back, I unload my pack, craft more of what I need, and then and then go back out there. It's actually a pretty lightweight loop i would say i don't spend a lot of time agonizing over what's in my bag and and what i'm crafting or what i'm going to be able to craft because also like you are you are earning money from turning everything into and you can just go and buy shit at the shop so conceivably you might not ever have to craft anything if you don't want to okay okay so there there is an out if you just don't want to interact with the crafting system at right. all. yeah totally okay so the other thing too that like of the of the things that I was like dour on the one thing that did seem interesting from like the battle system perspective, they've got like, like they have modifiers on the moves now is one like a speed one and one's like a strength one or some shit. Yeah. They, they call it uh, strong style and agile style. Have you, how do you feel about that? Does that like, have you interacted um, much with that as you like, does it feel consequential at all? I, I was really excited by that. Um, when I, when I saw that trailer drop where they've outlined like some of the battle system, um, I think it's really cool. It's really cool that they finally show you a, um, not a turn counter, but, um, they show you who's up next in the turn order. I like that too. For the next I couple I really turns. appreciate that. That's great. Yeah. And so like, if you use a faster move, um, when you select it, like not even after you use it, so you can see a preview of what using a faster move will do to the turn order. And that's really cool. I like that. Um, the problem is I have not yet come across a battle where I've had to think very hard <laughs> or strategically. Okay. Yeah. So most of the time um, I'm coming across a Pokemon and either it is one of the new alpha Pokemon, which is it has glowing red eyes and it's, ooh, it's mad. And it's like way too high of a level for you to even talk to. Um and it's just going to wipe up my whole team, so I should just run away. Are or you saying I'm... that we can talk to these creatures? <laughs> no, they're not They're not as good as Digimon yet. Digimon has always been better. Shouts to Digimon. Um, or or it's just like a, a whatever wild Pokemon that I'm just going to use the super effective move and and take it out, basically. So I that uh, it seems cool. It hasn't really come into play. And there isn't um, there aren't a ton of trainer battles in the way obviously that there were in previous games because there aren't as many trainers because it's the past. Um, so I will be curious to see going forward. I think um, I'm about uh, 14, 15 hours in right now. I'm curious going forward if, um, if battles will get much more um, difficult or strategic or if there will be more of them or if there will be some kind of like important climax or, or like, denouement event like the elite four or something to this game but so far gotcha. it, it hasn't really yeah come up okay the only other thing i have a question about and then we can wrap this up yes is being that far into the game at this point i assume that you've probably had one of those like boss style battles where it's like you against like some 
some version of like this game's legendary Pokemon. Yes. Where they're all yeah. like yellow and whatever. Right. Yeah. So that was another thing where when I looked at it in the trailer and just seeing the basic like verbs of what you're doing throughout that interaction, it looked like ass. It looked terrible. <laughs> okay. Like you're throwing yeah. food at it and also just like dodging its attacks with a dodge roll. And then yeah. s- sometimes you also get to battle it, which I, I yeah. guess switching between those is kind of interesting. But like the part where you're just like as the trainer doing like playing like a a, a baby's first dark souls kind of thing just throwing <laughs> yeah. food at it it looks bad can you speak to how bad it is or isn't <laughs> yeah you're you're trying to break its poise right um <laughs> yeah no it's it's yeah like it's it's silly it's pretty silly um and like it looks weird from the outside but um from i've only done one of these um in my time with it so far but um it actually is like some of the novelty and change from a Pokemon actually attacking you, the person, and like having to worry about dying in a, an encounter with a Pokemon um, is like almost heart pounding enough to like make it interesting. Like it's uh, it's certainly a change only, of pace. It, it's a change of pace, and I only did the first one, so I don't know how like. Uh, difficult and strategic maybe they they will get but like it was cool to to uh, uh, be going up against this Pokemon myself and have to avoid them and you create an an opening where like when you break its a, a certain level of its defense then you can send out your partner Pokemon and now you're in a Pokemon battle and so that like context switching was kind of interesting and like trying mm-hmm. to to um trying to make those cycles, I guess, or like make it count and like end the, end the encounter. Um, it was pretty cool. I'll, I'll, I'll see how I feel about it when I've done a few more, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think where I've shifted now before having this conversation with you is going from, I don't care about that Pokemon game to when Becca inevitably buys it, which I don't think they want to right now, mm. but if they admit it's like, they're kind of interested. And they're like, I don't want it now, but like eventually I think I'll try to convince them to get the physical version of it so that okay. when they're yeah. done with it, maybe I'll, I'll give it a spin. You can, you can pop in. Yeah. I, w- I would say that's probably the best, uh, um, option for you to, to experience this game. I don't think like ultimately, I don't think you'll be, you'll be sold on it. I don't know that like, this is like at last, this is the Pokemon game for you, but, um, yeah, it, it's it's cool. It's doing some some interesting things, and we're having a we're having a really good time with it over here. I do see Lauren playing it right now. She is currently playing it weird. behind me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's having a great time. I think she's like uh, seven or eight hours uh, more uh, into it than than I am at this point. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm looking at those numbers on my screen, and uh, I think it's time to I think it's time to wrap up. I think that's a pod. Well, now I certainly know it's time to wrap up because Mike said the magic words. Right. Mike, Egan, friend in New York, where can people find your work? People can find my work online if they go to youtube.com slash eganworks uh, and or dreamavenue.cool for my writing. Um, And and specifically, I want to plug uh, one cool thing that I got to work on um, over the past two years actually this this video took a long time to work on um i worked with um uh internet friend of mine uh miriam nielsen on 
a video all about the right to repair movement. Um, she had been working on a like mini doc about this for a while. Um, and so there's interviews in there with um, people like uh, Nathan Proctor from the, the U.S. Public Interest Research Group, um, Kyle Weens from, from iFixit, and uh, a few other uh, other people, people who run like local uh, fixer collectives here in uh, New York City. Um, some interesting uh, stories to tell. Um, I think it, it ties together the high level sort of understanding about um, the right to repair um, down to um, a, a personal level and a collective level and, and sort of explains like why this matters to you. Like why do, why does, uh, broad sort of lack of, of regulation, lack of legislation, and uh, corporate uh, increased corporate ownership over goods. Um, how, does, how does John Deere not letting farmers repair their own tractors uh, affect you and your cell phone? Uh, and it does in an extremely direct way. Um, and I think it's a very cool video. It's like 20 minutes, um, so it's a, it's a pretty, you know, speedy speedy watch for for a doc or video essay of this kind um i think it's packaged really well maybe i'm biased because i made it but uh yeah i think it's very cool you can find that on her youtube channel over at um youtube.com slash zenturo it's also on my i i I tweeted about it it said on my twitter i'm at eganworks uh, as well so you can find it there uh feel free to throw a link to it in the uh the show description oh yeah i'll do that as well when we get to that um I mean, shit, I'll cut to the chase then. If, if you want to find me, I'll be watching that video that Mike <laughs> helped make because I actually think that right to repair is very important as well as someone who doesn't like to, almost from a point of frugality, but also uh, coming from uh, just trying to not throw more things in the landfill, being able to replace pieces of things when stuff breaks is nice. <laughs> it, yeah. you, like, you feel really accomplished about it and you, you feel like you've, you know, you've saved yourself money, but also you've given yourself a little project to, you know, replace one percent of a thing to make the whole still work. Um, right. I'm a very yeah. big fan of that. Um, as a person who <laughs> recently tried to replace their mouse clicker on their uh, on their razor mouse oh, and boy. ended up frying the board. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't fry the board. I think there was like. It wasn't um it wasn't as simple as just like a soldering connection. There was like extra copper in the on the board itself that I think I fucked up. Oh in that... getting the piece off. So but like well that was that was one of those things where like well I did my due diligence. I guess yeah. this goes in the landfill. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if there's any uh, uh amount of legislation or regulation that can stop you personally from doing that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> All right. Thanks folks. Um we'll see you when we see you. I know I keep saying we'll see you in two weeks, but like I don't know. We we get to this when we get to it, and sometimes things are uh, things delay the pod. And uh, honestly, that's fine. And I don't I don't feel like apologizing for it because like you know it doesn't really make a difference much to us, and probably not too much to you. You know, we're trying, but two weeks versus three weeks, you know, sometimes we need a little bit more time with these. So that's how it be. We're no Joe Rogan. We're no Joe Jogan. And we're not Joe joking when we say thanks for listening. Get vaccinated. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That as well. Yeah, please. All right. See you, folks. Thank you. Bye-bye.